Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Good news, everybody, and welcome to the VolQuest podcast. I'm Eric Kane with Rob Lewis and Brent Hubbs. Plenty to discuss here as Tennessee is coming off a 52-49 to win over then number three Alabama. Tennessee now moves up to number three in the latest AP poll. At number four in the coaches' poll, a trio of volunteers bring home SEC a weekly honors from the conference, Jalen Hyatt, of course, the Offensive Player of the Week, Chase McGrath, the Special Teams Player of the Week, and Darnell Wright, the Co-Offensive Lineman of the Week. Uh, a lot of good stuff happening for Tennessee, and you can find it all at VolQuest.com, $1 for one year, and as always, uh, subscribe to the channel on YouTube by searching VolQuest. Brent, a lot of good things happening for Tennessee. Tennessee is now 6-0, and 3-0 and in SEC play, and has UT Martin this week, of course, and then the rest of the SEC schedule will come after. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's an exciting time for anybody who's a Tennessee fan. Um, been wandering through the the jungles for a long time in the wilderness, looking for moments, and uh, what a moment Tennessee had on Saturday. Here's a, here's a debating question to start to start off, Rob Lewis. We'll throw this to you. All those guys who won who won SEC honors are very deserving of that. Whose performance was better, Jalen Hyatt or Darnell Wright against Will Anderson? I mean, I don't. I- I didn't watch it in minute detail like you. However, I don't know how often that Anderson was matched up against Wright. You know, for all the staffs he was on there. But <clears throat> I mean, in hindsight, there was so much going on immediately after the game with the with the field goal, the, the last drive, Hyatt's you know Hyatt's day, Hooker and, and Bryce Young doing. I did, having Will Anderson just be a a non factor is really one of the most surprising things in, in a game that that was full of surprises. I mean, when you, when you go back and look at it, you know, not only did, did he knock wreak, ha- not wreak havoc. I mean, he didn't, he didn't do much of anything in the game. He was um, responsible for one. I, mean, I had it in front of him um, a minute ago. He, he had a hand one, in he the had interception. One solo that... tackle and he, right. he was credited with half of a tackle for a loss. I'm just, and again, there's no wrong answer. Okay. I mean, when you look, you set you set a record for five touchdowns. Um, you obviously played unbelievable football as a, as a wide receiver. I just, I, I guess for me, it's the bigger surprise is that Darnell Wright leading that offensive line and, and the day that they, that they had that, that they are the story I, I've called Jalen Hyatt, the best story on this team. I continue to believe that, but the story of the growth of this team from year one to year two is not. It's not Hendon Hooker to me. I mean, Hendon Hooker's gotten a lot better. It's the offensive line, Eric. I mean, what they're doing, what they did on Saturday is is as good as as good offensive line play as I've seen Tennessee have in a long time. Okay, and I watched a lot of good offensive line play when Philip Fulmer was the head coach. What they did Saturday, backing following up what they did at LSU, that's two of the best weeks of offensive line play I've seen out of Tennessee in decades. Yeah, no uh, doubt. And, and over a decade, let me say that. For sure. I mean, they, they, they've been fantastic the last couple of weeks. And 
you know, what I was trying to say about Will Anderson Jr. before I jumped all over Rob, apologies there, was he he really only made one play. He pushed J.J. Crawford back in there and forced – there was some other pressure on the other side as well, but forced that high throw. But credit to them for neutralizing both the edge players. I mean, did a fantastic job. Alabama had one sack, and really it was a covered sack. It was from up the middle, D.J. Dale, um, when, when nobody was open downfield. But, I mean, you're putting up nearly 570 yards of total offense – against Alabama you're averaging over eight yards per play against a Nick Saban coached Alabama defense you are running for 182 yards uh you know if you take the net of the rushing total it was almost 200 yards uh, for Tennessee Hendon Hooker and those two backs and it's all because of that offensive line the physicality that it's playing with didn't back down from the challenge Brent I thought both uh you know Gerald Mincy did a couple of things I thought Jeremiah Crawford filled in and played really really well for the most part this is a group that's has a lot of experience. All these guys played last year, with the exception of you know Mincy, who wasn't here, and Crawford, who was a, who was a backup. But even he got a little bit of playing time last year. But I think you're seeing the growth and the development, the gelling of that unit. And of course, this offense goes to Hinton Hooker goes, but somebody's got to block for him, and they have been they've been fantastic. Cooper Mays played the best game he's played in a Tennessee uniform on Saturday, and it's not close, in my opinion. I, I thought I thought Cooper Mays was was really good, and, and they were they were really good overall. Um, just you know, Glenn Ellerby's done a heck of a job with them. And, and Rob, you mentioned that, you know, it's hard to unlayer all of all, all these things from from the win on, on Saturday. And it's as fans, that's what you get to do. I mean, obviously the team is moving forward with a focus, but try to unlayer it all. For you, and I know you wrote it in the three you wrote some things in the three, two, one. Um what 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 was what was your what was your next day react or your or your Monday? I mean kind of Kind of when you started to decompress and unpack just the craziness that it was. What's your, what's your overarching takeaway? I mean, probably the biggest big picture thought is that, is that the that was the best college football game I, I think I've ever seen. I mean, it it had everything in it, and you know maybe, you know I even heard you know Barrett Jones say that on the you know that was the best SEC game that that he had ever seen. At, you know on the on the Alabama broadcast, even even though it didn't work out his way. And I don't mean I could I could I could rattle a lot of them all. T- Tennessee's legit, Hubber. I mean, I didn't. I'll be honest with you. Even though, even though I picked Tennessee to win last week, on the record, you can look it up. I, you know, I, I still thought it might be. You know, not necessarily that they would win because Tennessee was was the second or third best team in the league or in the in the country. Just that it just felt like everything was was going to go you know go in their way. Like the the moment, the the fans. I mean, I, I but I thought it would have been an upset. Like I, you know what, Hover? I just now thought it. But three days later, that—that's probably my biggest takeaway. Is that wasn't an upset. Tennessee, Tennessee was better than, than Alabama on Saturday, and they were better without two starting defensive backs and their best wide receiver, or at least what's been their produ- most productive wide receiver. Whether he's still their best wide receiver, I guess is is open yeah. for debate. But seventy-two hours later, I I, I could I don't call that an upset. Meanwhile, you go look at the leaders for receiving touchdowns in the entire country. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Hyatt is up at the top with 10. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., who's also played only six games, is right behind him at nine. But he went from five to 10 in one game. Just, uh, I mean, that's the type of performance, of course. And, you know, that's the lead. Jalen Hyatt was fantastic. But, I mean, that's the type of performance you're going to look back on and say, you know, you, you'll tell your kids, you'll tell your friends about 20, 30 years down the line when Tennessee snapped that 15-game losing skid, who stepped up, who played well. Jalen Hyatt, his pure speed, 
you know, one-on-one matchups with the safety a couple of different times. Uh, one time just split the nickel and the safety right up the middle. No one could catch him. Um, he was fantastic. And <laughs> I heard Jason Swain say this on the uh, on Josh and Swain the other day as well. I mean, he only got hit. <laughs> he only got hit on like two or three of those. I think he had six receptions. He only got hit on two or three of those, right? He outran everybody. I'm, I'm I mean, correct you if I'm there. wrong. Am I, am I remembering this right? No South Carolina offer coming out of high school from Will Muschamp. Is that accurate? Uh, slow played him. Yeah, slow played. That, that was a, there was a lot of, if I'm not mistaken, now I, that that there were a lot of people who, you know, they weren't sure and everything else, and and obviously Tennessee was, and and the system has worked in to, to him. And, and again, I think the credit is, it goes to Jalen Hyatt. I mean, it, it's all about what Jalen Hyatt has done uh, over the last ten months. Now Kelsey Pope has been a huge catalyst for that. Kelsey took him under his wing when he was an analyst and kept him engaged. Bayless Jones certainly told him and gave him good advice when he left. But you got at some point you got to make a commitment, right, Eric? You got to make a commitment to decide I, I'm I'm going to be a good player. And when he made a commitment, he's made an all-in commitment that he's not wavered on. He, even in the post game, he's still trying to downplay like he hadn't done anything. It's like, hey, Hoss, that, that's that, that's the best performance for to me in terms of what I've witnessed. That's the best performance of a Tennessee wide receiver. Prior to that, it was Kelly Washington against LSU. 2001 uh, in, in 2001 his coming out party that's the best performance i've seen by a wide receiver at Neyland stadium and to do it against that team um and i thought alabama had some secondary concerns and questions but man josh heupel and alex golis said we want him matched up here and we will win all day long and when they got it they did yeah because of they him did. and uh you know this is the guy that sat back was not a happy guy last year things were not going his way uh, took help, took help from Bayless Jones, who acted as kind of a mentor. Kelsey Pope, who acted as a mentor, said that as soon as the Music City Bowl was over with, came right back. I don't know if it was that night, but came right back, started working the facility. And then you just sensed it. When we you know, caught up with some of these players over spring practice, just a different mindset. He said, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything. Um, he even said that after the Akron game when he scored a touchdown the first play of the game, hadn't done anything, um, or the ball stay, whoever it was. Uh, but then he has done some things, and he's still – you know, pressing on and knowing that it's team team is bigger than any individual conflicts or uh, accomplishments. So you know, good for him. That's a, that's a, that is a perfect example of total buy-in and uh, he's a great story uh, without a doubt. Hendon Hooker also, you know, throwing in those football. Those are, those are some dimes in there. Uh, he continues to, uh, you know, pad on to his Heisman campaign. Uh, another really good performance, completing 70% of passes thrown against a Nick Saban coach defense um, I, he only made a couple of mistakes. Obviously, the ball sailed when he got hit, and that was his only interception. The uh, exchange between he and uh, he and the running back there backed up in the own end zone. Um, that's obviously not one that you'd like. I believe that was Jabari Small, not one that you like. And then he had – there was one false start called on Tennessee's offense whenever he snapped the ball when the receivers weren't set. But, I mean, really, uh, those are the three things that come to mind when I think of what Hooker didn't do well in this football game. Uh, you know, he was Superman to beat Florida. He obviously played exceptionally well to beat Alabama. Hendon Hooker is arguably the best player in the country right now, and uh, it's a whole lot of fun to watch. Yeah, the penalty was a blessing for Tennessee because they failed on that fourth down. They weren't going to yeah. make it there. And then they get the next play, and they get the pass interference penalty uh, to, to, to extend that drive there because Hendon Hooker went too fast. It goes back to, to Rob, to your point earlier about, you know, what, you know, Will Muschamp not taking Jalen Hyatt and, and, 
uh, Hendon Hooker not thriving at, at Virginia Tech because they didn't know how to use him. It reminds you just how complicated recruiting is, right? I mean, Jim Cheney didn't think Jameer Gibbs was a was a tailback in the SEC, and and neither did most of the rest of the SEC, right? That's why he ended up at Georgia Tech. It's hard, you know. It's hard to find and figure out who you know who can play and and who can't play, and it's all about fit. And, and for for some of these guys, they found the right fit, and and the right fit has been Josh Heupel's offense. But it's just a reminder to me that. The recruiting side of this thing is such an inact science, man. It's just there. It's it's, it, it's a challenge to try to figure it out. You can take all the measurables you want, but that doesn't always mean everything, Rob. No, and I tell you, I mean, and I mean, you, you know this better than me, but and it's not just physical. I mean, I, a big part of it is you're dealing with 17, 18, 19 year old male boys slash young men, and having been one and having had a couple. I mean who the hell knows what you're getting you know one one day to the next i mean it's i mean it's hard to project you know three years down the road what you know what what's this kid going to mature into what's his work ethic going to be like you know what's he he's been the, the best player on every playground and every football field and basketball court his whole life what's he you know what's his response going to be like when he's not that he has to work and i mean there's a ton that goes into it before we move on from what you were talking about hooker most impressive thing to me about the day, and it's been it's been the key the whole season, is the combination of accuracy and efficiency and absolute balls of the wall pushing it down the field. He completed seventy percent of his passes at eighteen and a half yards of completion. That's wow. that's big time. I mean, that's I mean against against the best pass defense in the SEC coming into Saturday. That's that's remarkable. One other thing about not just hooker, this entire team's mentality, this offensive mentality, uh, resiliency. But again, I asked Princeton fan about this on Monday and he immediately went to Hendon hooker. I mean, the, the fumble exchange there backed up Dallas Turner scoops it up and scores. Uh, he could have scored from 30 yards out. It was 11, but he could have scored from 30 or 40 yards out, whatever. And Alabama goes up 49, 42 with just under eight minutes left. And you're sitting there, everybody in the stadium sitting there saying, okay, so this is, this is how Tennessee's going to lose. Right. And, he gets everybody up the offense over there and says, Hey, we're going to march down and score again. It, just the resiliency, the bounce back factor for this team. And not just the offense. Again, Brent, you wrote about it in 10 things you think you learned. The drive, no one's going to be talking about. Hendon Hooker throws that interception. Brent, remind me, Tennessee is losing 35 34 at that point, right? Yep. Yeah. They're down. They're down one. And the defense forces a punt for Alabama after the lone interception of the season from Hendon Hooker. Just that type of mentality. I talk about complimentary football all the time. Um, especially if you know from the defense, you might give up some points, but trade sixes for threes, create some turnovers, all that type of stuff. That right there is complimentary football at its best. Pick your offense up when something goes wrong. There weren't many stops in this football game, but that was a huge one. I'm just so impressed with how this team is. And again, it's a reflection of coaching and, and the head man and Josh Heupel of how this team has just adapted that mentality. It's a veteran group and they're playing that way. And they played like that at points in times and big moments, Brent, on Saturday against the Crimson Tide. Well, and, and again, that that's again. There's a lot of storylines, Rob. Right? We we can dissect it in a million different ways, X's and O's, and what Josh Heupel and Alex Golish do to to get guys open, and uh, the development of Rodney Garner's group. There's a lot of on-field things to look at. Um, but you were talking about 17 to 22 year olds trying to figure out what they're doing, and Rick Barnes has done a terrific job of this in basketball. But he but you do it with smaller numbers, right? Of getting everybody to buy in. And if you don't buy in, then, then you're not going to be here. Tennessee's ability to get this group of guys, many of them who are playing 
weren't signed by this coaching staff to get them to do what Eric's just talking about is more remarkable than anything they've accomplished X's and O's wise. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, cause this is a team that I mean, we've all talked about, but they, they went in, they went into that game on Saturday expecting to win the football game. I mean, 100%. And I don't care what anybody has said, what quotes have come out of, you know, media day for the last going on 10 years. I don't believe Tennessee players have felt that way. You know, I'm sure, you know, they said they did said all the right things, but yeah, the, the amount of buy-in, the amount of belief and confidence that they've instilled, it's incredible to, you know, to see. And I'll tell you what else, I, th- I think the staff does a good job of is they don't write kids off just because, you know, not, not, not saying if there's, you know, if there's an off the field incident or something that you have to, sure, but just because they're not working the way you want to, or maybe the attitude isn't exactly where you want. And Jalen Hyatt's a perfect example. I mean, we've all covered staffs around here where, you know, a talented kid doesn't get on board and he's in the doghouse. And really, the only way to get out is, you know, if you have a bunch of injuries in front of you or, or, or you transfer. And, and they just, and I think they do a great job of just saying, well, you know, of telling themselves or whatever, you know, he's, he's not ready right now, but let's, you know, let's not give up on him balls in his court, et cetera. I mean, I think you can see that, at, you know, Jawan Mitchell, I think is, is another example of that. And, you know, we've got some, we, I think there's several guys on the team that the buy-in is, is still not there, but you know, they haven't, they haven't been run off yet. I mean, if it's a talented guy, who's not a problem, they just, you know, they don't just sweep him to the side. And I think we've seen a lot of coaches where, you know, make knee-jerk reactions, boom, this kid can't help us, I'm, I'm done with him. Particularly if he's not your guy. If he's oh, yeah. the guy you inherited, right? I mean, he, you know, I didn't so. recruit him. He's not my guy. We're, we're going to – we're gonna off. there's a lot of – they're all Josh Heupel's guys now, right, because of, of what they've done the last 17 months. There's a lot of guys playing, playing big roles, Eric, who were not Josh Heupel's guys, all right? I mean, he didn't reevaluate them. He didn't go recruit them um, or anything like that. And for those guys – who are perceived as the bad news bears of college football 19 months ago to be setting in the top five unbeaten, having beat more top 25 teams than anybody in the country and just ended a 15 year or 15 year streak to Alabama. It, it, I mean, if somebody just, what's your line, Rob, if somebody just wakes up from a coma, right? You wrote, you wrote those, you wrote those columns a year, years ago. If somebody just woke you up and you've been asleep the last 18 months, there's no way they would have believed. There's no way they would believe yeah, where Tennessee no. football is right now. And I, I'll tell you another thing about Hypo, and I know we've made this point before, but unlike a lot of coaches that we've covered in, in both football and basketball, I mean, and Hubbard, I, I'm, I don't remember this ever happening. Maybe maybe you do, but I, he never complained about the roster. He never complained about we don't have this, we don't have these kind of guys. It was – and that's a 180 from the guy he replaced <laughs> and, and, and the guy before that. It was always just, you know, this is what we've got. Let's let's go to work. Yeah, and, I haven't uh, I haven't seen Josh Heupel do any halftime interviews saying we just need more players. <laughs> and yeah. another guy that you're kind of kind of referencing in terms of don't give up on players, and it hasn't, it it, it certainly has not had the fairy tale ending just yet. But he's still there in the facility. He's still there on the sidelines. Jimmy Callaway. How many times have we heard Jimmy Callaway has this much potential? This much potential. He does this. He's not bought in. He punches a guy. He's still there. They're not giving up on him. So. We'll see how that one turns yeah, out. I mean, he's not playing, yeah. but he's not been run yeah. off. I mean, but, know, but, the opportunity's you, here for you. You could also say – I mean, you could also look to Brandon Turnage, right? I mean, to, to, 
And, and credit to Brandon Turnage, right? He, he gets a start last year as player of the week, and then he disappears, and he's not on the depth chart this year. Then you look out there Saturday, and he's playing. He's prepared to play, and he's playing with confidence because even though he hadn't been playing, for whatever reason, they haven't completely buried him to the point that he's packing up and going to the house. And now no. he's going to get opportunities until the secondary gets healthy. I think he's going to get more and more opportunities. I thought Turnage played well on Saturday against Alabama. For the situation he was put in, I, I thought Brandon Turnage held his own fine, just as Deshaun Rucker did. And I will tell you this, when I, when I walked out of Nashville after that Purdue loss, I wasn't sure Deshaun Rucker would ever see the field at Tennessee again. But there yeah. he was Saturday, hanging on. Was it great? No. But he was hanging on out there Saturday trying to survive. And he got hosed on the pass interference call in the end zone. Not even close. Yeah. Bad call. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Horrible call, horrible call. And that, uh, again, you kind of went into the secondary there, and I wanted to go there next because, um, you know, I echo what you said. Brandon Turnage played 20 snaps in this football game, continued to build confidence. Uh, Deshaun Rucker obviously played a huge part in this football game, and I thought did some things. Danico Slaughter, I mean, all these guys were not perfect. All these guys, you know, got beat on a couple of plays. I mean, again, there's a, as, as Josh Heupel said, I mean, these players, sure, enjoy the win, know what you did, know what you accomplished. They got a rude awakening when they watched that tape, and that that that's that's okay. That's football. Thought Danico Slaughter did a couple of good things, but when you look out there on that last drive of the that last defensive series of the football game for Tennessee, Deshaun Rucker goes out the series before. I thought it was a cramp. Uh, I thought he was going to be back in, but he he wasn't back in. It was Brandon Turnage out there. Then Christian Char Charles comes up and grabs his hamstring, whether it be a hamstring or a cramp, whatever the case may be. He goes out, and you've got William Wright out there at the other cornerback spot. And he plays four snaps, the last four snaps of the football game. And Bill O'Brien knew it, went after him. He makes a tackle. If he lets go and he lets that guy get loose, it's, it's game over. Whatever. Brandon Turner is out there. I just think it continues to be a testament to say if you continue to work, if you continue to buy in, if you continue to, to prepare as if you are the guy. William Wright in spring practice was the guy. Everybody was hurt. Everybody was out, offseason surgery, whatever. And he took advantage of that time. I'm not saying he's going to be a player down the line, but I'm just saying in the biggest moment of the season, you have a walk-on over there at cornerback and job well done. I just, again, it's um, just another thing that you can look back on this game and just say, holy crap. And, and, and Rob, you know, what, what you just kind of said, it just felt like everything was moving a Tennessee way. And that's just another example. Which, which Rob, is the craziest thought given the last 15 years? Not just in this series, but the last 15 years of football, that something was going Tennessee's way. 
because those of us with the with with the, the battered syndrome were waiting for the other shoe to drop. Oh my god! I mean, I mean, you know, it's like okay, here it comes. You know, all right, they turned it over to threw an interception. Here it comes. They're gonna, it's going to be an eight point lead, and then all the pressures on Tennessee to answer, and then it's going to become a two score lead. And okay, here we go. Then they fumble it, and it's okay. That's how this is going to end. Then they throw the pick. You know that that ended up being defensive pass interference. Okay, here they go. I mean, but at the same time, too, everything. Tennessee made all of their breaks. They answered the bell, unlike other teams have been able to do. And then Josh Heupel says with 15 seconds to go, hey, guys, let's just go win it. I mean, he's the only coach I've covered at Tennessee who would have ever thought about running a play to try to get in field goal range with 15 seconds to go. You don't think Lane would have done it? Remember this. Remember this. And I'll tell this story now in the in the in the the – the, the block game in Tuscaloosa, Terrence the 12 10 game, the, the Cody game in, in Tuscaloosa. They throw it to Luke Stocker to get, quote, in field goal range. Daniel Lincoln's got a part, is, is got a slightly pulled hamstring. He was, he was not 100%. They ran it up the middle and centered the ball up like he was, had Sebastian Janikowski kicking from 48 yards instead of trying to get more yardage. Jim Chaney, they call timeout. We're standing in the booth. The coach's booth is next to us. We're all over there going like, wait a minute, you didn't run another play? Jim Chaney looks, he's like, gives the old, relax, guys, we're good. It's good. Ball never had a chance. Even if Cody doesn't get it, that ball's not good. They did not aggressively try to get closer. Much the same way Nick Saban didn't manage the clock the right way at the end of the game. Botched. To give Tennessee a chance. So it's just the little things here and there. And Tennessee capitalized on the little things, which they haven't been able to do for a long time, Rob. No, I mean, and I, I think an underrated aspect of, I mean, people have talked about it, but it's not been talked about a lot. Heupel goes for two after the missed extra point. Like, not even, doesn't even think about it. Like, he, you know, he knew, you know, in, during that drive, like, hey, if we, if we score here, I'm going for two. I'm not, you know, I don't, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what his chart did say. Or maybe, I mean, I, I think just as likely he just felt like, hey, we're going to tie this thing up and I'm not going to, that's not going to be hanging over our heads. I mean, just just another small example of – I mean, he, he just does not coach scared at all, ever. I mean, he doesn't think about what happens if we don't get the extra two-point conversion. They score again, and now we're down two scores. It's it's not about – he doesn't think about the negatives. I mean, he, what are the rewards? Rob, I asked uh, Austin and Brent in the postgame mini-pod, you know, right after. Um, and I want to ask you here because I want to hear your opinion. Uh, Tennessee beats Alabama. Tennessee is now 6-0. and Tennessee's undefeated. Tennessee's number three in the country. We cover this team. We know the shortcomings. We, we know the deficiencies and all that. But this is a good football team. What's the outlook on the season now? Um, you know, when, when you say, all right, the rest of the way, maybe not expectations. Maybe that's not a – maybe that's a bad word for it. But how do you see this thing in terms of what – no, expectations is the right word. What do you expect for Tennessee the rest of the way? I mean, we're talking – I mean, very much in play against Georgia, of course – you know, very much in play for an SEC championship, big picture stuff. Now, you know, with Tennessee actually cemented its stance as being a, a player because they are. I mean, if, if Tennessee does, I, mean, I don't see them doing any worse than eleven and one regular season at all. I mean, I think they'll. I mean, I know Tennessee. I mean, Kentucky has as football Jesus, Will Levis uh, under center. <laughs> I, I acknowledge that, but I, I think Tennessee hammers them. I mean, they. I don't think they're exciting at all. I don't think there's any chance. They, they can score with Tennessee, and the best thing they do is run the football, and suddenly halfway through the season, the best thing Tennessee does on defense is, is stop the run. So I, I don't think 
you can play ball control against it. And Georgia, to me, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, Georgia will be a slight favorite in that game, and they should be. But Tennessee can win that football game. I mean, heck, I you can call me crazy. I think it, if you're just talking about getting to the college football playoff, I think it's better for Tennessee if they lose at Athens. Finish 11-1 and one and have Georgia and Alabama beat each other up in Atlanta. I mean, do you feel great about winning a rematch? With that? I mean, t- sure, Tennessee can do it, but I mean, we saw what happened to Alabama last year after they, you know, hammered Georgia pretty good in Atlanta and then turned around and lost. I just, I mean, I know you're taking a risk because you're, you kind of, if Tennessee were to lose in Athens, then you don't really control your own destiny anymore. But man, I mean, just, I didn't do like an extreme deep dive into researching it, Hubbard, but I know you've looked at it some too. I don't, I don't think there's anybody that would be close to having the kind of resume Tennessee would have among what would be your one-loss teams out there. I mean, either uh, Michigan or Ohio State, USC or UCLA. I mean, it's, it's just nothing. I mean, like, no, nothing, nothing close to the wins that Tennessee has. No, I mean, and again, it's funny you mentioned that because a former assistant coach and I were having a conversation just before we started doing this podcast. Um and he was, he asked me the same question. He goes, I don't want to, you know, that they should want to go win an SEC championship because winning an SEC championship is special. I mean, it's really special. But when you're talking about the blueprint of the playoff, are they better off if they, if they do go and, and, and lose a regular season game and don't make the championship game? Does, does losing in the championship game knock you out more than losing a regular season game if you're a win loss football team in this league? Interesting question. A question I never dreamed that would be on the debate table with this Tennessee football team, uh, even at the start of this year. And certainly I I didn't dream it when when, when Tennessee made the changes that they made in in the departure of Jeremy Pruitt and and hiring Danny White and obviously Danny White hiring Josh Heupel. Now, allow me, the the football player in me has got to get this out there on the record in the microphone. If Tennessee goes out and doesn't show up, Kentucky can beat them. Georgia can obviously beat them. I mean, you know, this team is not invincible, all right? So yeah, you still got to go and be ready to play. But as Rob pointed out, I mean, there's there's no sense in Tennessee not whipping up on Kentucky or some of these other teams on the schedule not named Georgia. So well, you gotta um, stay you gotta stay healthy. Okay. And yeah. some critical spots, you gotta you gotta really stay healthy. You are if not I, healthy in the secondary right now. No, well, and and you know, they're you're challenged there all the way through. But I mean this is no offense to Joe Milton, but this is this is a very different football team. If the if the guy going to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony is not under center or in the shotgun, right? Um, you got to continue to improve, and, and I think individually continue to improve. And I think some guys on this team are getting better, um, but you've got to continue to 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 for guys to grow and and improve and develop moving forward. Um, but yeah, I mean that's the beauty of college football is is, is every week as you continue to win every week becomes a bigger and bigger playoff game. And that'll be the case for Tennessee and Kentucky coming up uh, as well. And um, I don't know, it's just fun. And it's fun for fun to watch this team and we'll see how much they continue to grow. And you know, they're going to let it all hang out and let it go. And there are going to be new wrinkles along the way. I think that's something else that Rob doesn't get talked about. I mean, there's, there's new offensive things. I mean, we had some blitzes we hadn't seen from Tim Banks. He's throwing and adding a few new wrinkles here and there. And then offensively, they, they're, they've done two or three things each week that nobody – that their opponent hasn't seen yet. And, and, they, and they've caught teams off guard with it. I mean, tightening that formation down. I mean, hell, hell think about this. 
I mean, they went under center with an offset eye inside the five-yard line against Alabama. Who had that on the bingo card, Rob Lewis? Not, not me. So Definitely it's, not. It's, with, with Princeton fan at fullback. <laughs> and I mean, Bruce McCoy is the tight end <laughs> on the left side. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's a, it's the little nuances of the wrinkles, right? The Jalen Hyatt touchdown out of the real tight bunch formation, that was a new wrinkle off yeah. of the jet sweep look and the shovel pass look that they played at LSU, right? They, they brought a new they brought a new thing into it. It's actually the it's actually basically the play LSU ran with um, with Booty where he slipped and fell on the fourth down play on their first possession where Tennessee or second possession where Tennessee got the stop in Baton Rouge. It's a very similar play that they ran there, uh, and they obviously ran it to perfection for a touchdown in a new wrinkle. They're just they're doing something. They're doing a couple of new things each week that that is really winning against an opponent because they're not prepared for it. Anything else from Tennessee, Alabama? Rob, you got the last word for this game. Then I want to talk some recruiting just for a moment. But, I mean, what a win for this program, for this team. Obviously, uh, you know, they, they, they don't want to stop here. And there's six more games to be played in the regular season. But anything else from a win for Tennessee that was 15 years in the making? Man, I mean, just, it was surreal. And, and it was just it, – it was fun to watch. And, and, when, and I know, you know, Hubbard is like this too. When you have so many relationships with so many people that – have invested so much into the program and have not gotten very much return on that investment and their passion and, you know, 10, 12, 15 years. I felt really happy for those guys. I mean, people that are behind the scenes, you know, their names don't show up in headlines, but who work their butts off and devote a big chunk of their time and their life to, to, to the program and to the university and take so much pride in it. Felt, felt, you know, really good to see those, those kind of behind the scenes folks get to enjoy it. And I, and I have a, I have a son who is a, a junior at, at UT right now. And in the, in the memories that, that he has from this weekend are just, you know, they'll, it'll be something he'll remember his entire life. Yeah. And it's as a, as a parent of a kid who hasn't had the opportunity to experience that, it's a cool deal, right? I mean, I, I remember 85 when Tennessee won down there after, Tony Robinson went down and you thought that game was over and I vaguely remember a little bit of 82 and I had an opportunity as a very young person in the business to be there in 95 when it happened. And but for, for people of all ages, for them, and that was the cool thing in the post game deal. And, and then Eric, I'm going to get to you with some recruiting stuff for you, but that, that was the beauty of the post game. When you look at this was, it, it was all walks. Of, I mean, it was all ages sharing in it together. And for some guys, it was the first time ever, you know, and then for some other guys, it was remembrances of 82 and, and how that felt compared to this one and all those types of things. So that, that part of it was really, really cool. Special night, uh, a night nobody's going to forget anytime soon. This football team's got to try to forget it and, and move forward. I think the schedule sets up for them great yeah. this week, obviously, um, but, but certainly a special, special night. Now, the, the byproduct of that night long-term, Eric, is going to be on the recruiting standpoint. You put on a great show. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee had a lot of great people, a lot of great talent in the house watching that thing. Feels like Tennessee's got some momentum with some guys um, and and where they go from here. It's, it's, to me, it starts with Hobbs. Hobbs being back here, seeing Tennessee officially for Florida, that environment, and then coming back and seeing this unofficially, that cannot be a bad thing for Tennessee at all, right? No, it, it, it's definitely not a bad thing for Tennessee, obviously. I mean, it's a – 
He's number one on your board, and this is the second time he's been here this season, and they've both been really, really good games. I mean, again, it, you know, Hobbs or anybody else, I mean, he, a lot of these guys who are here for the Florida game also here for the Alabama game, and how can it get any better, right? And with Hobbs, it's about Alabama. Tamarian yeah. Parker was here. The hard part with Tamarian Parker for Tennessee is he's going to see Clemson right before he commits, and he seems to like everywhere he goes. And so getting the last visit with him, I think, is, is a big deal. Um and so that that that'll be hard for Tennessee. Then you know where are they going to be with running back Eric? I, I think is in, intriguing. And then obviously from a an in-state perspective, they've had the opportunity to put on uh, a big show for those twenty fours and twenty fives all, all season long. Um, which again, I, I think this is where this staff has caught up the most in recruiting has been has been what they've been able to do in building relationships with the class of 24 and the class of 25. Yeah, I, I was going to say this. I mean, Eric, you're, you're more dominant than nuts and bolts, but I think you're, I think you're too deep into the 23 cycle, and there's just too few guys out there. I mean, you know, in Timba, Hobbs, Parker. I mean, certain, you know, definitely big-time players, but it's not like you have 15 or 20 targets that you're still, you know, heavily involved with. I, I think this win resonates big-time with the 24s. 25s especially the in-state kids yeah I mean, this I is mean, it, that Tennessee for, for for kids that aren't deep in the recruiting process or just getting out and starting to take visits sophomores for sure some juniors Tennessee set the bar pretty damn high on Saturday <laughs> pretty and, and high this is a game to where you know if you're 24s or 25s you'll be going on other game day visits you know rest of the season next year and this is the measuring stick type game. It's like, oh, well, it wasn't, it wasn't as good as that Tennessee-Alabama game. So for the 24s that continue to come back, I mean, it's a big storyline. Boo Carter, uh, Spillman, Evelyn Spillman, Caleb Beasley, you know, Gorey from Bradley Central, all these guys that could just continue to come back. That's huge. Uh, Tyler Scott was here. He is a 2023 prospect defensive back, uh, safety uh, guy. And I, I think that it looked like that went well. I think he had a good time. And still expecting Jerry Mack to, to go and see Khalifa Keith play uh, probably this weekend, and uh, potentially an offer could come out there. But Tamir McDonald, who was here, Tennessee Clemson, uh, you know, late November, somewhere around Thanksgiving. David Hobbs here again. He's going to commit late November on the November 25th. Uh, those were some big fish that were here, and ultimately Tennessee did a really, really good job for um, all those guys. I mean, it couldn't have been any better, Brent Hobbs. Well, the atmosphere certainly yeah, couldn't have yeah, been, yeah. been any better. And here's the other thing too, Rob. For for 17 months. You, you sold you sold more hopes and dreams than you have tangible proof, and that's not to say last year went bad, right? But but your proof last year was hey we 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 got into the second half against Alabama we we need you, right? Or hey we got into the red zone five times against Georgia yeah we couldn't finish it but we you know you're you're the missing piece you know this that you're you're selling it more off of hope as opposed to tangible results. You, you walk into schools you walk into homes very differently when you do what Tennessee's done through the first six games of this football season, uh, highlighted by what they did on Saturday, because it's not about seeing a vision or, or, or trying to picture that vision. That vision is now. You're showing it with a resume that, that Tennessee's not had to sell in a long time. Couldn't agree more. I mean, every Josh Ipo included, every staff that's been here for 15 years, they've been on opportunity. You know, you can play here now. We've got great fans. We have great f- great facilities. Game day is awesome. And, I mean, who, who recruits who, – who's had the top – who's been the, the best for the last decade ever? Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State. What do those programs have in common? They've, they've, won, it, they've won the whole thing. 
and they can tell kids with a straight, hey, come here, you can compete for national championships. And for the first time in 20 years, Tennessee's head coach can say that going in. I mean, they haven't, they don't have the trophy yet, but they proved on Saturday you can come here and you can compete for national championships. We can beat the best teams in the country. And, and, and look, you can use Rick Barnes as an example. Once you get that resume building, the doors, the, the doors open differently. Right, Rob? I mean, yeah, and, look it, at, and, look I, and, and I think they've already started with Nico. Yeah. And now putting a season like this on top of, of a, you know, headline recruit like that. I mean, it's, it's got the chance to snowball. And Tennessee certainly cemented itself as a player with a win over Alabama. And uh, it's going to be a really fun rest of the season to see what, what happens, see uh, what unfolds from that Tennessee 52, Alabama 49, Chase McGrath, the knuckleball just gets over guys. That would not have been good from 43. I'm telling you right now, but Hey, it, it only needed to be good for 41. 40. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it would was good. A, it would have had a good bounce at 41, Rob. It would have had to kick over the bounce all over the bar the right way. Um, but it doesn't matter. As I think Brad Nessler said, it's the most beautiful, ugly kick you'll see. But yeah. um, it, it, it certainly got the job done for Tennessee. All right. So a lot of fun happening over at VolQuest.com. If you're listening and you haven't subscribed yet, don't know what you're waiting on, just cost you $1, $1 for one year. And you'll get coverage, the best coverage, on the number three team that just knocked off Alabama. And that is over at VolQuest.com. If you're listening to this on YouTube, hit that like button, pound that like button, and please subscribe to the channel. That's VolQuest at YouTube as well. Uh, for Rob Lewis, Brent Hubbs, I am Eric Kane, Tennessee, a winner over Alabama. We'll have UT Martin this week. We'll have plenty of coverage over at VolQuest.com. This has been the VolQuest Podcast. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.